Thrive, flourish, unleash your buried treasure. This is the Exponentially Empowered Podcast with Joel Bine. Through conscious action and authentic self-connection, empower yourself to write your own script. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It's Joel. I am stoked to have yet another Praxis alum here as a guest on the podcast. Uh, it's been really exciting to, to speak with these young people uh, who are carving their own paths and really embodying this concept of, of personal development and personal empowerment. I uh, really recommend you checking out all the Praxis content, discoverpraxis.com. Um, all these all these people in, in the community are they're really the pioneers of new paradigm and education and and they really like I said embody this this idea of cultivating your own life and cultivating a life in which you thrive. So today's guest, very excited to welcome Casey McGough. Casey is senior supply and chain and sales professional at the high growth startup Temper Pack which is an exciting company that provides uh, sustainable cold chain technology solutions, i.e. refrigeration packaging for home-delivered meal services. Uh, Casey is college opt-out, Praxis alum, as I said, and most importantly, a professional dog and taco lover. Casey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I've uh, never had quite an introduction like that. Love it. (laughs) My pleasure. so I'm curious to hear your story and, you know, I'm, I'm guessing when you were a kid, when you, when you, um, somebody asked you, what do you want to do when you, when you want to grow up, when you grow up, um, they didn't, you didn't think I want to work for a startup that optimizes cold chain technology. Right. But you by all accounts now uh, in your twenties, you're, you're thriving professionally. Um, and you have a great story about how you left college and and decided to pursue this own path and pursue praxis. And I'm just curious to get sort of that what what sparked that what sparked that change and that shift to to create your own path and what inspired that and led you to praxis. Yeah, sure. Um I mean I never liked school. Um I never wanted to go ever since I was a little kid. Um I don't think I knew why. It just never sat well with me. Um, I was plenty smart. I was definitely reading more than, you know, any of my peers and, um, doing fine in school. I just really didn't enjoy it. Um, I really don't like doing things unless I understand why I'm doing them. And, uh, for someone who thinks like that, (laughs) they're not going to do very well in school where most of what you're doing is not explained to you. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, Anyways, went went to private school um, all the way K through 12, and then uh, went through two years of college, um, and I just started to get like really depressed. Um, I think it started in high school, um, and I didn't know why or what was causing it at the time. But looking back now, I'm, I'm 25 and. I think it's because I felt such a lack of control over my own life. Um, in fact, that's definitely what it was. And when I was 20, after two years of school, I took some time off and it was the first time 
in my life where I ever felt like I'm now in control and I'm not going to do anything else unless I see a good reason for doing it. Um, and I would say since then, over the last five years, I've slowly just become more and more happy, more confident, uh, and more successful. Um, and just like more relaxed overall. Um, I used to, I was such a serious kid. Um, and I feel like I'm more like childish and playful now than ever. Um, so when I, when I actually left college, you were asking before we started recording about kind of the breaking point. Um, I actually started and stopped college three times. Mm. So I went to a community college in Maryland. I went to Virginia tech. I went to university of Maryland. Um, I kept just quitting changing majors, going to different schools, um, because I would take a semester off, but I just knew I had to go back. I didn't realize people didn't go to college. I mean, my family's, I would say pretty well off. Everyone in my family went to college. My parents have master's degrees. Um, and I didn't realize it was an option to not go, uh, until I took a break. And then I was like, wait, I don't have to go back. Um, but I did go back cause I, I, that's what my parents wanted me to do. But then I got kind of frustrated and depressed again. So I took another semester off. Um, and this happened three times over uh, two or three years. Um, and the last time I just never went back. So it wasn't like a clean break. Um, so it was, I think I was one week into a semester at university of Maryland when I went into this English class and, you know, I'm not a stupid guy. I've always loved reading and I was kind of excited. I was like, all right, I'm going back to school. I'm going to like it this time. I'm going to do English instead of engineering. It's going to be great. And then first class, you know, this upper level English course, I feel like I'm just surrounded by a bunch of idiots. Um, and I don't say that in like an arrogant way. I think there were probably mm-hmm. really smart kids in the room. I just mean, it felt like we were in a kindergarten class. Mm-hmm. Um, the teacher was talking about, you know, how to have a good class discussion, um, respecting other people's opinions, raising your hand, um, just stuff. It felt really elementary. And I was just like, we're adults. What are we doing here? Um, it's like, why is this person telling me to raise my hand? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It just felt so dumb. And I was just like, I could be out there working and making money right now. Like I have, I have a job offer from someone I've been working for when I was taking time off. It's like, why am I here again? Wasn't all this to get a job? It's like, but I already have a job offer. And so it kind of all just clicked. And I literally just walked up and, and left this English class. I didn't like say anything to anybody and walked over to admissions and just, uh, and just signed my, um, withdrawal papers and went home and just laid down and felt so light and free and just like happy. And I don't think school was making me depressed. I think just the lack of control was making me depressed. And that was kind of the first action where I said, like, I'm just, I'm finally, I'm just done with this. I don't care what anyone says. Um, and that feels really good. Yeah. So yeah, I never went back. (laughs) It really speaks to that need for autonomy. It's like most of our lives were, were, we're told what to do and where to go. And you're just like, that part of you is just, just itching to have to get that control and autonomy and independence and freedom. And it was like, I don't know, I keep thinking like, uh, like the tension of like pulling back a slingshot 
and it just like kept pulling on you for all those years and then it's like you just had to just you had to pop and, you, and then you finally did it and then you were liberated and it's probably not the best analogy metaphor but yeah like you you probably felt really uh relieved um but i'm also curious in that moment because you were like all right i'm done i'm signing this this withdrawal paper was there also a part of you that was fearful that was like oh man i just left and i'm i'm really done with this and i have to figure out how to, to do this on my own um no actually not at all um i really was i would say i was pretty depressed at that point in my life and not like i think a lot of people think depression is kind of like sadness really it's it's numbness it's like feeling nothing at all and i feel like for one or two years i had really become really numb um not really wanting anything um in life just really low energy and just kind of tired all the time and and then when I dropped out of school, it was kind of like, it was kind of like I just felt like hypnotized, you know? It's like I just didn't really feel anything. Wasn't scared, wasn't too worried. Um, but I did feel really relaxed. Uh, and I slowly started to feel happy after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of people have this fear. Uh, and it's totally justified, makes a lot of sense. It is totally scary. Um when people think that most careers require a degree, which isn't true, but most people think that <clears throat> it's pretty scary to, you know, not get a degree. Uh, I, I personally didn't experience that at all. And had you heard of, of Praxis at that point? You know, I don't remember if I discovered Praxis before or after I left school, but when I found it, I thought I was too old for the program. I was a couple of years older than most people who were starting, but I thought it was such a cool idea. I said, this makes so much sense. People learn on the job. They don't get into debt. Um, they're learning things that actually matter, um, signing their own curriculum. This is this is so cool. I want to work for Praxis. I want to like yeah. sell this. to be, I want to convince people to leave school and like actually join what's going to be, you know, the advent of apprenticeships in the modern era um, in the, you know, in the business world. And, uh, I just started talking with, um, Zach Slayback and I was reading Isaac's blog, Isaac Morehouse. And those guys started to really influence my thinking. Um, they are truly free thinkers, uh, going against the grain in so many different ways. Um, not just education, but just really taking control of their own lives and, and living life how they want. And, uh, I just, realize that I need to be friends with these guys. Uh, I, cause you know, you're no better than the people you hang out with. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought I found this community that's, that is praxis and I need to be a part of it because these are the people that I want to become more like. And so eventually I was talking to Zach Slayback who doesn't work practice anymore, but is still very involved in the community. And, uh, He's like, just join. And I'm like, well, I already have a job. He's like, just do the academic and the social half, pay half tuition, and uh, we won't place you at a company. And so I did it. Um, and it, best decision ever. Um, Praxis is like, I mean, I've made some extremely good friends. 
Uh, you've met some of the people who finished the program. It is truly the most interesting group of people um, I've ever come across. And it now, now that I know so many successful, debt-free, happy, driven young people just make, like carving their own careers out, it makes me wonder like how I ever even considered going to college or why anyone else ever would. Um, cause it just seems so it's like, it's like, I see all, it's like, I don't even know what a good analogy is. It's like, we're all in race cars and I look back and all my friends are like still like riding horses. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> stupid analogy, but it, it's, it's crazy, but it's kind of weird once you've discovered something so much better. Um, and you look back and see other people still in the old system because it's like a one way mirror. It's like, they can't see you. And so you can't really explain it to them. Yeah, it's allegory of the cave a bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I have I have friends who are going back to school right now to get MBAs or master's degrees, and I think for for most of them, it's probably a bad decision. But uh, I don't say anything because they just don't have they're not ready for it. <laughs> It's like the Matrix. Yeah, well, they're well, they're used to riding the horses, right? They're and they're surrounded by more more people than not. Probably, they're surrounded by people riding the horses, um, and so it's like until you tap into this this other sphere, this other possibility, and you start immersing immersing yourself and then letting these these ideas bounce around, then you kind of like it doesn't even seem real. Um, so if you are one of those, say you're say you're like seventeen, sixteen high school student going, going through the conventional path and you're in this horse. We'll just keep this, we'll just keep this metaphor. Um, you're in this horse, uh, riding community culture. Um, like what are, what are some of the, what are the biggest assumptions that people in that world have young people have about how to go about moving forward in their lives? What are some of the sort of cultural memes that are bouncing through that community, that, that culture. Oh man. Um, I have so many things to say that I can't even organize my thoughts and speak <laughs> coherently. Uh, I mean, for a young person in high school today, the one thing I would tell them is all the people around you are lying to you. Maybe they don't mean to lie to you, but they are lying to you because they don't understand how the world works. Um, your guidance counselor is going to pretend the world is very uh, structured and taxonomical. Like, oh, here's this major that leads to this job that pays this much. Here's this other major that leads to this job that requires um, you know, a master's degree five years after you start working. And then it leads to this job that pays this much. And it's so clean cut and simple. It's like, oh, here's the path. Let me choose this path. The real, the real world does not work like that. It's far more chaotic. Um, most majors don't even correlate like the coursework in most majors does not correlate with any real job in the real world. Uh, except for a few very select majors, I'd say, um, like if you want to be a data scientist, don't go major in data science. The stuff you learn probably won't be relevant to anything <laughs> that real data scientists are doing. And it's like, there's this big lie. It's like, Oh, I want to be, um, <clears throat> in, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, I want to build planes. So I'm going to go into aerospace engineering. It's like, well, 
it's probably not going to work out for you because the real world's not that clean cut. So what's like, um, so what's obviously praxis is, <clears throat> is a major option, but like what, what is that path? If you wanted to build planes, like what is, what is that path? Like, I mean, obviously there's not one path, but <clears throat> like, what are the first steps then other than, because I think the, <clears throat> the typical high school student listening be like, well, that seems like the only option to me, like aerospace, aerospace engineering. That's, that's the most related major to planes. And, uh, I can't just jump right into building planes. So how, like, what are the sort of in-between steps? Yes. Yeah, good question. And I think part of the reason people don't like to confront this is because it's not an easy answer. Um, and mm-hmm. people would rather have certainty, even if it's about something that's not true, than just uncertainty. Um, <clears throat> people would rather believe in a lie if it makes them feel like safe and certain um, than face something where maybe they don't have an answer. But uh, maybe I can answer your question uh, in another way. So I think schools make it seem like it's a very clear-cut path to get to certain careers. Um but people who actually work in those careers would probably say something different. So the example I would use is designing buildings and houses. Um, a school would tell you you should go into architecture, um, but I'd say there's a good chance you're going to hate your life if you go into architecture. And if you really want to design houses, the faster way to get there would be maybe going into real estate development because then you can employ architects um, and they can do the you know, the, the tougher work. Um, but you can be the designer and, and really do what, what it is you really wanted. Um, I think there are examples like that, like roundabout ways to get what you want in every industry. Um, I also think it's weird that, you know, schools are designed to basically funnel people in different directions without any feedback loop. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the real world, you get a job, you like it, you keep going, you don't like it, you change it up. Um, it's constant feedback because you're actually doing the work. Um, so it's kind of like it shelters you, uh, school. It doesn't provide real world feedback and you don't really know what you're getting into. You know, it's like, Oh, I like to debate. I should be a lawyer. How many kids have been told that? Like, Oh, you're stubborn. You should be a lawyer. Yeah, you like yeah. to argue. It's like, that's not a good thing to tell a kid. Um, like being a lawyer may not be the best career for them. And if they, you know, it's not like they're in a courtroom, like debating and and just serving justice, you know, down with a hammer. That's not really what being a lawyer is like. Um, but even up through college, that lie is still, you know, told it's so screwed up. Yeah. There's definitely plenty of, uh, indebted and overworked and unhappy lawyers and well, doctors for that matter. And I think it's really important to. I think it's really important to identify the why, but more so than the the title or the label. So like, well, why do you want to be a doctor? Well, do you want to make a lot of money, or do you want to help people in in their health? Okay, well, those are two different reasons. Um, if you want to help people in their health, then maybe maybe you need to explore other options because and there's been in the past the past ten years in that realm. There's been so much. Um, you know, entrepreneurial development and sort of alternative health space um, and, and sort of private coaching and, and, and all that stuff. That's not just um, go be a doctor and work in a hospital. Um, and so kind of getting connected to your why is really important. Um, and I think 
to, to kind of piggyback about what you're saying about, you know, identifying these long-term goals. Um, you had said something in one of your, one of your uh, blog posts <clears throat> about, um, it was called um, how, to, how to Do Anything, uh, how, uh, Three Ways to Be Valuable When You Don't Know How to Do Anything. Um, <laughs> and you were talking about how you ended up doing something <clears throat> that you didn't plan on doing. And then things just kind of progressed from, late, from there. So you wrote, I thought I would get into sales and marketing with this new company. Talking about one of the, the first companies you were at. You said, I thought I would get into sales and company, sales and marketing with this new company. Then I arrived and it turned out the company doesn't need that at all. They need someone in operations, managing and optimizing the labor force and increasing product output. Did I ever see myself managing a bunch of workers in a factory? No, definitely not. But I didn't let that stop me. I just jumped in. Now I am learning a lot, diversifying my skills, and started to see myself in a new light. And I'm learning Spanish. So you're doing these things you didn't plan on doing. You didn't set this long-term goal of necessarily being in that spot. But you, you, did, you worked hard at what was in front of you, and that led to the next opportunity. That led to the next opportunity. I think that's sort of like the intangible secret to many people's success, right? Like there's not a certain checkbox uh, you know, list of, of what to do. It's just you, you work really hard at where you're at and then you, do, you meet new people and then you do new skills and then you build new reputations and, and portfolios and then you find what the next thing is that you're interested in and it keeps snowballing from there. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, between the real world and academia, you know, from kindergarten, we have certain boxes we need to check. And they're very well defined. It's like, finish this task. Okay, you finished it. Now we're going to push you to the next task. The real world is, hey, we're not really sure what the task looks like, but we need you to figure it out and then do it and then figure out what the next task looks like. And we need you to keep doing that, even when you're doing work that's far beyond the scope of what you're supposed to be doing. And eventually we'll change your title to match what you're doing now. You know, it's, it's far more chaotic. Um, I don't know if that makes sense does that make sense to you yeah well i mean focus on the substance rather than the style rather than just like what saying oh i do this i'm um you know i have this title it's like well what do you actually do to bring value to other people um yeah, that's so crucial um so if you're talking to so if you're talking to i'll say you're talking to parents or, or teachers and i also think it's it's worth emphasizing that that you know you know your 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 teachers, your guidance counselors, whatnot, any adult who's giving you advice, even if it even if objectively it is a lie, um, I think I think I think everyone is well-meaning, and so uh, you know it's not it's not a knock on people's who they are as people, but um, the intentions don't necessarily um, equate to 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 actual uh, productive advice, and so but say you're talking to one of 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 a teacher with these teachers adults parents and what 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 question would you encourage them to ask the teenagers with whom they interact rather than the typical question which is sort of hey what do you want to do with your life and or what major do you want to pick and it's like here are these ambivalent questions or these these questions that place you in a box and then there's like an assumption that you're going to, to go to college and do, and do a certain path. I mean, I remember like 
in 2005, 2006. That's when I was finishing high school. And that was, I wasn't exposed to any of these types of ideas. And that was just like, I was just completely in that world, that horse, that horse community, the horse riding community. And I didn't, I didn't know of any other path because that was just an assumption like, oh, you're going to go to college. So then there's like this, this, this premise. And then these questions are asked. Um, but what's a more creative question or more intelligent question, a productive question to get the gears rolling for a young person who's trying to make these decisions? That's a good, uh, good question. I, I think that there's a lot of things parents could be asking kids, but uh, maybe focusing less long-term. Sure. You don't find happiness and fulfillment by thinking your way into it, just thinking your way into what you want. And then one day you wake up and say, oh, that's it. You find it by just getting started on anything and then eliminating the things you don't like. And then eventually you're only left with what you like. Um, people, I think, focus too much on the on the big picture. Uh, and I think parents are, are unfortunately unintentionally guilty of that um, because maybe back when they were growing up, it was that simple. You know, it's like, oh, I want to be a project manager at IBM because 50,000 other young people from my town did that. <laughs> and they all worked there for 25 years and retired or 40 years and retired or whatever. But the world doesn't work like that anymore. Um, and then I think another thing that parents need to think about is, do I have expectations on my children that, you know, are holding them back from doing something? Um is there anything they're not considering because I exist? Um, if I were gone, would their life be any different? Um, I think about that sometimes. My parents are really open-minded and supportive. Um, but sometimes I think if they were just, they just disappeared. Um, would I make different decisions? And I think I'm pretty independent, but I still think the answer is yes. I think it's probably yes for a lot of people because you can't really get away from expectations. But for parents to realize that and kids to realize it, I think it's really powerful. Absolutely. Yeah, and speaking to this idea of, of the short term rather than the long term, I mean, like, if we're in this world of, like you said, this modern world, it's completely different and there's so much opportunity um, to create uh, and, and build your own, you know, the idea of practice is building your own better signal than the college degree. It's like you can do so much by creating your own projects um, to, to kind of build, build your portfolio. Um, so like say somebody, obviously practices is, a, is an awesome, awesome option for somebody who's, who's going, going forward at this stage. Um, but like, and I know that in the practice program, what, part of what you're doing is, is developing this, the website, developing your portfolio and, and, and all that. Like what are some, can you give some examples of just for, for the listener who's, who's thinking about this and different options of how to create tangible a portfolio, um, to create, to have a, a plan, an action plan of, of building a productive, u- using your time productively instead of going to college. Like say you're like, all right, say you're graduating high school and I'm like, all right, I don't want to do this college thing. Uh, I don't want to do the whole debt thing. Um, maybe I'll look into practices. I'm definitely going to take one year off. Maybe I'll work part-time, just make some money. But, like, other than that, like, what else, what are some tangible goals that one might set to kind of get their career momentum going? Yeah. 
Well, first of all, to realize that the conventional advice is, is worthless. Um, you don't want to build up a list of certifications. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at our company, I, I, I interviewed someone today um, and this lady had years of experience. Um, all she was just talk about herself the whole time. And I just knew she wasn't going to be a fit. All she had to do was show that she had done any research at all in our company and that she had even just one good idea. And she probably would have gotten a second interview. Um, so I think the, the moral of that story is just provide any real case of relevant work and value creation. And that will be better than listing your captain of the soccer team, all your, you know, jazz band 4.0, uh, went to Ivy league, got an MBA. It's like, no one cares. Honestly, it's worthless. Um, all that matters is like, what can you do? How can you make money for that company? <laughs> Cause in the real world, that's how it works. Can you make this company achieve its goals faster? That's what teachers don't teach. And that's what colleges don't want to teach. Um, I mean, it's all that matters. So for young people, you know, 18 or 19, you think, Oh, I don't know anything. It's like, well, you think you're going to be better prepared in four years of like drinking and taking classes on biology and like gender studies. And those, if you should, you should go after those interests in your own time if you're interested in them, but they're not going to help you get ready for the workforce. Um, it's like we pretend that school is, somehow valuable other than preparing you for your career. And because of that, schools get away with not preparing people for their careers, but colleges exist to prepare you for your career. Um, and they don't do a very good job. So getting off off topic here, but real projects. So you need to get into a company as fast as possible at any cost. Um, you are not going to learn by studying anything. The fastest way to learn is through experience. I don't care what field you're in. So if I were 19 um, and I want to be in digital marketing and there's a digital marketing firm in my town, really want to work there, but they were say, you know, BS in marketing required and two years of experience preferable. Um, and I show up to the interview and there's 10 men and women who meet those qualifications. How am I ever going to get that job? Right. Um, I, I don't meet the qualifications. It's impossible. Well, there's actually a pretty easy way. Um, and a lot of the practice people have used this to successfully land jobs that they weren't, you know, quote unquote qualified for. And it's called free work. Um, so show up to an interview with a project already finished. So if I were 19 and not qualified on paper, but I wanted a marketing job, I would do as much research on that marketing firm as I possibly could. I would memorize employees' names on LinkedIn. I would look at their job descriptions. I would look at all their competitors. I would create a market analysis showing, you know, I'd I'd use their software if they have software. I'd make notes about what I like, what I don't like. And then I'd show up with just a packet of ideas. And they might be horrible. It doesn't matter. 
because I'm going to walk in there. I'm going to say, hey, listen, I've spent a week just studying your company and I have all of these ideas. You don't have to pay me at all. Just let me help somebody here. I will start working and making problems go away, even if it's taking out the trash. Because since you're only 19 and you were prepared to spend, you know, 30K to go to college, spending zero is actually a good deal. So you can afford to work somewhere for free. And once you get in the door, you will start learning. And if you work hard, you'll quickly start taking on more and more. And they're not going to say no. They're going to be so impressed that you took any initiative at all. Because all those, you know, qualified people that came in just came in and talked about themselves. Nobody comes in with ideas ever. And I know I've interviewed a lot of people. No one comes in with ideas. Um, I, I even asked someone, I said, can you just put together some ideas about how you would help our company so we can better evaluate if we want to hire you? And they said they didn't have time. Right. I was like, well, you know, have fun not having a job. You know, you think you're better than that. Well, then you're not going to be employed. Um, but if some kid came in who wasn't qualified and just said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I just want to be part of your team. We'd be really, there'd be a high chance we'd hire that person. And I think the same is true for any company. Um, so for young people, realize that those qualifications they list online, they're not real. They're just useful filters. But you can break those rules if you understood understand why the rules were set in the first place. They're just looking for qualified people, and they think that's a good filter, um, a good starting point. But if you can show them that even though you don't meet those qualifications, but you are still worth it, then you can you know break those rules. Um, there's a guy named T.K. Coleman who was one of the uh, founders of Praxis, and he says rules are for the people who don't understand what the rule makers want, right? I mean, I've applied and gotten job offers at companies that require college degrees. I don't have a college degree, but I came in and said, I can make you money. And who doesn't want to make more money? Um, sales, this is it's, the sales is the easiest place to do this. If you can sell, nobody cares what qualification you have. I guarantee I will get any entry or mid-level sales job over a 30-year-old uh, MBA. Guarantee it. Yeah. Because I will go in like a nuclear bomb. I will know everything about that company. Um, and I'll tell them they don't have to pay me until I make the money. And because I have no debt, <laughs> I can afford to do that. But here's this guy who's got eight years of school and a couple hundred thousand dollars of debt. Um, so... Come in with value, come in prepared to do a little work for free, do research, come in with ideas, even if they're bad, they'll like the initiative. Um, it takes a little extra work, but hey, you just saved four years of your life, so you have some time, you know? Yeah, and it speaks to this idea that's thematic to the to my podcast, which is, you know, within what's what's in your sphere of control and realizing that you can be really proactive and creative about about landing a job like that and you don't have to just wait for someone to give you the permission slip that says we now you now you're welcome to now you're welcome to uh to work for us and and once we've hired you now you're going to create value for us you can actually start creating value before you're hired and demonstrate 
hey, I created this, you know, I created this um, photo photo marketing um, display that's going, you know, I think it could help in this way. Let me know what you think about it. You know, just starting projects, getting diving in without being asked to <clears throat> into the entire company. And that's really going to signal a lot more than just what your what your uh, what your major is. Um, and by the way, there's a good book about this topic called uh, Re- "Recession Proof Graduate," yeah. which is by Charlie Hoyne. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yep. And then um, Derek McGill from Praxis has written three or four uh, blog posts about how to do free work, uh, and that's that's how he that's how he's built his entire career. Um, so I'll link to all that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, just like don't like just co-create, go do, go don't wait and and make it happen and and work really hard and that's going to signal a lot. Uh, these soft like these soft skills about being reliable, about being consistent, about being thorough, like all those things are going to be signaled when when you start doing this type of work as opposed to just like have a resume and then the employer really doesn't get doesn't know much about who you are. So that's why it's it's way more valuable to be able to to signal in this tangible way. Yeah, it, it's so true. And I mean, we had we had interns who came in and were expected to be handling, you know, not anything too serious. You know, by the end of the summer, they were handling the same workload as a full time employee, just because these interns were crushing it. Um, these lines that people think exist in companies between positions. And who's allowed to work on what? Uh, they aren't real. If you're in a company and you're at the front desk, but you think you can do some sales or you have a marketing idea, you can do it. You might have to do some convincing, but if you have a good idea, people are going to want you to do it. Companies want to succeed; they want to grow. Um, I mean, we've we've made full time job offers to many interns. They never take them because they always go back to college, which I think is the funniest thing ever. Oh, really. Yeah, because um, I I tell them you know I'm like working above them I'm like guys I don't have a degree like yeah <laughs> you don't need a degree but uh, they're just so stuck in their mindset they're gonna go back and spend another fifty thousand dollars when they could make fifty thousand dollars in that same amount of time um, it's just it's so ridiculous um, but yeah I mean I, I I think the biggest takeaway for me is there are rules and not just with career in school there, but there are rules we grow up thinking are immovable. Um, and over the last few years, I've realized that a lot of these rules are, you can break. Um, and in fact, if you want to live a fulfilled, happy life and successful, you, you do need to break them. Definitely. Um, I, I want to wrap up here with tying it back together with our horse and and race car analogy because I actually like that um, quite a bit. <laughs> um, but like, what inspiring words can you provide to someone who's like maybe they're just kind of becoming conscious of this type of stuff and of of new possibilities of the fact that there are are, are race cars existing, um, but they've been they're surrounded by the horse the horse riders still. And they don't really have this, this sense of, of self-concept, right, about what is possible for their lives. Um, and that's really big. I mean, I think we mentioned that, you know, you're the average of the five people you hang around with most. And it's like it's really, it can be really deflating when you're around people, again, what, regardless of their intentions, when, when you're around people who are 
who are not thinking in these lines and you don't even realize it's possible. Um, I mean, the concept of entrepreneurship is foreign to essentially foreign to the school system. I mean, I, I didn't even know what that word meant until my 20s. I mean, it's remarkable. Like, it's not mentioned. Um, so this whole real, this whole disconnection between, the, you know, the marketplace and and the the academic system, it's re- it's really profound. And so there's not a lot of people inspiring young people in these environments <coughs> to to develop that self concept. Like, actually, you can sort of do what you want to do. You can, you can actually go down these other paths. Um, it's these aren't just I mean, it's also it's possible that the, like someone listening to this would hear this and be like, "Oh, this this Casey guy is is this some exceptional person who's on the margin, who's I mean, obviously you're very successful, and that's unique. But uh, for someone your age, but um, it's not like you have special powers. Like you forge this path, and there's a lot of people um, who could potentially forge that, but they haven't developed this sort of self-concept that it's possible. So what, wor- what inspiring words can you, can you leave someone who's, who's thinking about joining the, the race cars? Yeah, well, I think the first thing is just be less dramatic and calm down. You're not making some huge life decision that's irreversible. Um, if you're unhappy in college or you're in high school and not sure about going to college, just take a semester off or delay college by a semester. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Try some other stuff. Like you don't have to be all crazy and dramatic and, you know, scared. Just chill out. Just take some time off. It's not a big deal. Um, and, and, you, you know, I think a, a really good kind of short phrase I go back to is clarity doesn't drive action. You don't suddenly get clear on what you want and then go do it. Um, action drives clarity. You know, it's it's, it's kind of the same idea as you can't steer a ship that isn't moving. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to start trying things, take a semester off and start taking pictures, try to get someone to pay you to do it, you know, maybe learn how to build a really basic website. Um, if you have other interests, just try to make a little bit of money doing it and just see how you like it. Don't, you don't have to be like, I'm going to drop out and be a photographer or like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Um, because honestly, mostly it doesn't happen like that. I didn't say, oh, I'm going to drop out and be some really successful person. I dropped out because I was depressed and didn't know what to do. I didn't really do anything for the following year. I had like five jobs. Um, and it's only in the last couple of years where I've you know, found a company where I've really been able to excel. Um, so it wasn't like some grand plan and like huge leap to do something different. It was more like a stumble, <laughs> you know? Um, but I'm really happy because I did have to take that first step, which was leaving school because I just didn't think it was valuable. So slow down, be less dramatic. If you're listening to a podcast like this, you probably already know you're unhappy in traditional systems. So just give something else a try. You can always go back. Um, and uh, I guess... Yeah, I, mean, I I I could go on. Yeah, well, um, yeah. But I mean, we can just keep moving. It's like just keep swimming, you know. Finding Nemo. <laughs> well, you yeah. gotta you gotta just you gotta act, and that's gonna lead. That's gonna give you more feedback. And but what to do next? And keep acting and keep acting, and 
you know, if if you're a snail in New, I don't know where I heard this recently, but if you're a snail in New York City and you're trying to get to Los Angeles, eventually you'll get there. You know, even if you know maybe if as long as no trucks smash you. But the <laughs> idea is like, <laughs> if you're moving, <laughs> um, that's what matters most. Like, to like keep keep the ball like get balls in the air, get them spin, get plates spinning, and like. Then you, you'll keep you'll keep um, gathering momentum, right? Yeah, yeah. Stop thinking, start doing. Stop reading, start doing. Like so many people just think about like whether it's starting a business or like doing something alternative. They read about other people who have done it. It's like stop, like stop listening to this podcast. Just go freaking do something, <laughs> anything else, you know. Um, I, that last. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Brandon, he's a famous, you know, psychologist. Oh, yeah. He said the number one thing that changed, you know, people who are unhappy his, his, and just not satisfied with their lives, not fulfilled, was when they really meditated in this, on this idea that their lives will not change unless they change them. Like no one is coming to save you or change your life. No one's going to give you an opportunity. No one's, you're not going to stumble onto this great career. Um, you're not going to wake up one day and realize what you want to do. Like no one is coming to give you happiness. You need to claim it. <laughs> and the way yeah. you do that is by experimenting and just going down a different road. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Brandon and uh, we've, we've already mentioned him a few times in, in the show. Uh, yeah. No one is coming. Um, yeah. And it's really fulfilling to do things, just start doing things that on your own initiative, like, I'm I'm starting to get more projects going, um, including this podcast, but multiple projects going for myself that I initiated, right? That no one assigned me. There was no course. It was like, hey, I want to do this. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to lead this. And there's a lot of like, you're going to build self-esteem doing that. You're going to you're going to build confidence. You're going to and you're going to gather fulfillment and um, and momentum, of course. It's really satisfying. To, it's really awesome to do things that no one's no one's assigning you to do. And so that's that's again that's that's evolving from that schooled mindset of kind of waiting to be told what to do and waiting for permission, and going out and just creating. And and that's really gonna to drive everything in in cultivating your own career and your own your own life and your own satisfaction. Yeah, love it. Absolutely. So, what's the best way people can find you if they wanna? keep in touch or, or follow your work? Oh man. So yeah, I basically like stopped writing. I don't blog. I don't do as much core anymore. I've gotten rid of most of my social media. I'm, I'm, I'm turning into a recluse. Um, That's but good. it's good. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm always willing to talk to young people who are depressed, have anxiety, don't know what to do, feel alone, feel like they're not headed in the right direction. Um, my email, just first name dot last name, casey.mcgoff at gmail. Uh, I will respond to anyone who wants to talk. Awesome. Yeah. And Casey's Quora is actually, um, the post maybe a couple years old, but I, I was, I was, I was, uh, consuming his Quora answers last night for a while. It was very, uh, enlightening. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff about this these specific topics, about um, about opting out of college and, and, and carving your own path. So, 
So thanks so much, Casey. This has been really, really excellent to, to connect with you and discuss these really important ideas, really inspiring ideas. So um, thanks so much again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this has been awesome. Thanks for having me. enjoying the show if you're gaining value from the show do me a favor and subscribe on itunes or whichever podcasting platform you use subscribe take a few minutes a few seconds just touch the button on the settings of this podcast and subscribe and that's going to a provide the immediate download on wednesdays when the show comes out to your phone b it's going to get this show out to more people if you're subscribing then iTunes promotes the show more based on the number of subscribers. If you have even two minutes after that to rate and review the show, that even helps boost this message even further. So I really appreciate that. Subscribe, rate, review. Thanks so much.